When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alongside a violator of the shoes-on mandate on federal aviation, I'm Randy Scott. She's Nicole Briscoe. Wait, <laughs> Your mic's not on. Hold on. <laughs> Out of the gate strong. Yes, I'm This sorry. is how we're reuniting? Listen, like, you, you're, you're the one who takes these 19-hour flights to Australia. No shoes. But you don't, you don't leave the, the tootsies exposed that's a world. Rule. That's a rule. They well, we're need to be to, covered. Trying to have a society. Uh, we're in for Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80 and your smart speaker. Uh, thankfully, not ESPN Plus uh, today because, Ooh, again, her, her, her shoes are off. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet the program. She is at RB underscore Mrs. That's at RB underscore MRS. I'm at Randy Scott ESPN. Not looking for attention. Just making it easy. Be part of Canteen Carlin Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us at 888-SAY-ESPN. It's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of a nice cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. Uh, I can missed I get, you. Can we go? <laughs> I know. We used to do sports at AM for years, and then they were like, well, these two have these too much two. fun. We need let's, to get, let's break that up. Let's split up the fun. And uh, Nicole defected tonight's, and now uh-huh. I'm I'm still on the Sports Center AM. You're still grind. grounded. I had a show. I had a show today. I got one you coming up. You weren't there. Nope. Uh, it was me and David Lloyd. He does. You got to experience the new set for the first time. I did. It's does amazing. it not feel like you need to have a joystick in your hand? Like you could maybe be on the Star Trek or Starship Enterprise and like landing some sort of space. I like the idea of calling device. it Star Trek. <laughs> like whatever. I'm kind of whatever here for that. that spaceship is. Yes. It feels like I'm trying to land it. And I need to, like, dock with some other device. <laughs> it is like... As I'm flying into space. I felt like I was going to break something. So in the northern part of the set, the one that's behind us, yes. when people are watching on TV, yes. the floor is lava. No, the floor is like you can't... Or excuse me, you can walk on it. It's a video you, screen. You can walk on but it. But I felt like I was going to break it. I'm like, no. I'm going to be that guy in the first week of this thing being open. Do you remember the old set, how it used to have the the floor was like in pieces and it would yeah. have these like open joints and I would walk across it in heels yes. and my heel would get stuck in the joint. Right, right. And it was like an ice skating rink. And I've told you, heel toe, heel toe. I know, That's what but I, I kept getting, like last night I'm walking yeah. around and while I'm heel toeing, I am it's feeling like so comfortable. Yeah. I don't have to worry about dying anymore. Yeah, yeah or twisting your knees. Or, or busting or... an ankle, like, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. so... I got to do that, and you're going on tonight. What time are you guys on? You're on after SVP? Yep, sometime before, hopefully, your show tomorrow morning. In the wee small hours of the morning. Uh, but that's fine. You know what you're going to have in your show is what we have in ours to start the show. Segway like a mall cop. Russell Wilson has a new deal. Same team, though. It's five mm-hmm. years, $245 million worth of an extension it? to stay in Broncos country. Let's ride. Stop it. Broncos country. Let's ride. How many different ways can you do it? No, I'm not going to. Yeah. I wish you would. But $165 million of it is guaranteed. And that is a sticking point not only in Denver, 
although it's been unstuck because that deal is signed, but it's going to resonate elsewhere in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And we'll get like to Baltimore. That. <laughs> yeah, like Baltimore. And you know who's clapping along for this deal is Lamar the guy Jackson. who represents himself. And those close to him. But Field Yates broke this down. Let's get back to the man of the moment and Russell Wilson. Top five highest paid quarterbacks in terms of average annual value right now. I'm going to re- Do you want to take okay. a guess at the top five? Uh, oh, well, Kyler and mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson. They are uh, in there. Yeah, yeah, three and four. Aaron Rodgers. Number one, still. Um, oldest on this list. Oh, Matthew Stafford. By far. Not Matthew Stafford. No. No. Wilson's in there. So really, you're Did just I looking for one Brady? more name. You forgot about Tommy? He's not in there. Brady's not in there. So wait, I said Kyler think, Murray. Think, you've interviewed this guy via satellite from a golf tournament during the pandemic. What? Yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Oh, Mahomes duh. is five. Oh, my God. Well, duh. Okay, see, but that's the thing. We can say duh, but that's how quickly this landscape changes. I don't like, if understand, this is... though, why some of these teams are throwing money at some of these players. Well, like, I understand Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I do not understand what the Cardinal. Like, I'm sorry, what has Kyler Murray done? Like, legitimately he's been small done. and fast. Like, he's he's. But where has he gotten you? What trophies has he landed you? Has he gotten you any rings? Well, no. Okay, but if you're going by... I need to throw money at somebody who's going to win me something. If you're going by rings, I mean, it's been how long? You're a Packer backer. How long since Aaron Rodgers 2011, won 2011, not that it's, I'm counting. It's been a minute. It's been a But at least he tries to get back to the a- uh, NFC title game. He try- Who doesn't try? <laughs> Who on this list doesn't try? What are you talking about? <laughs> but here's here's why Denver did it. I'll tell you. So, okay, I'll put the, the list in order. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, number one, fifty point two seven one million dollars at that age. That's that's you'll notice the rest yeah, of the list is younger. Yeah, but I would like younger. roll it out to him. Like my option is Jordan Love, so obviously take all of my money. Love's look pretty good in the preseason. It's you got to be somewhat excited. I do not care. Uh, no, I'm not. At the Raiders. All. Were, I'm sorry. Allow me this. The Raiders were undefeated in the preseason for the first time that in franchise means history. Nothing it means everything. Nothing. Last year there were three. You're going to go into the regular season and suck. Let's talk about the postseason. Last year there were three playoff teams who were perfect in the preseason: mm-hmm. the Bills, the Chiefs, and another team. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't. No, no, <laughs> it's not my head. <laughs> Patriots. Uh-huh. So, and you know, I love them. So the Raiders are oh, going that's to. That's why the, you were doing it intentionally. Raiders <laughs> go to the playoffs. No, I wish I was. Wilson at number two now. So Wilson is now has the second highest average annual value. That's at forty nine million dollars. I get this though. I get this. What from from whose perspective? I get this from a, a, a Broncos perspective. Tell me why. How many quarterbacks have they marched out in the last? Just give me a handful of years. I mean, you take Peyton Manning out of the mix. Touchdown, Trevor Simeon. Okay, from Northwestern. Go on. Oh, no, else? I'm just saying. I'm like, I think, it, I think it, like, like we're looking at at least ten. Who's the it's dude like, from Ole Miss? The guy with the, no Paxton Lynch from uh, Memphis. Remember Paxton Lynch? I don't even Lynch? remember him being there. The point is they have trotted out so many different quarterbacks, and yes, they had success with Peyton Manning because, duh. But you've got somebody in the building who has a work ethic, has a, a track record of success, who you can hate for let's ride. I don't a million hate him. Times. I, don't, I just, I just, no, I, it I don't gives, hate. like, he says it, and I, like, I, I get, like, the chill down my spine. Well, but he's you know cringe. what? He's, whole, he's that's a little his, cringy. Yeah. But you know what? If he goes out there on the field and he does what sing. he can do, then go out and do it. And the Broncos have no choice. Keep him locked up. Have to. He's consistency. He's leadership. He's going to win you games, which is something you haven't done since, really, Peyton Manning was All in right. the building. Peyton Manning last started a game for the Broncos in 2015. Since then? How many quarterbacks? All right, Brock Osweiler, oh, touchdown Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, Case Keenum started 16 games for this team in 2018. Case The yeah, Case Keenum, the. Joe Flacco, oh, gosh. Drew Locke, Brandon Allen. 2020, the COVID year, was 
I guess technically Philip Lindsay got a start. I mean, did Tebow start? Do you remember there that somewhere? game where they were punished by the league because they had COVID run through their facility because nobody <laughs> yes. was wearing masks? Yes. Phil- All right. So in 2020 alone, they had four quarterbacks start: Jeff Driscoll, Brett Rippon, Mar- uh, Philip Lindsay. So now we're at ten, and then last year add Teddy Bridgewater. They have had eleven different starting since quarterbacks Manning. since Peyton Manning so in I 2015. Get, I get why they're doing that with Russell Wilson. I get this uh, one. Yeah, I, you, they, you can. You, I, I do not get a couple of the others though. I don't. They have to do it. They have to do it, and they've had success with. They've had success. How do you put this? They've had success with quarterbacks who can manage games. Well, that are imports. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Peyton Manning was a game manager by the end of. It's funny. Their careers have gone in different directions, right? right. Peyton Manning started as a gunslinger. You win games because of him, not in spite of him. Tom Brady started that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, or rather, Tom Brady's ending is ending. How did we go to Tom Brady? No, no, no. Well, I, we're talking about I'm never going to take a we, shot. Well, you brought you brought Tom Brady up when we were talking about the average annual value of the of, of the contracts. Well, you but said like, oldest, so I was like, well, he's old. Who? Tom Brady's Tom quite Brady. old. Although parts of his face seem newer than, than others. I don't know. But <laughs> younger than me. But Manning Manning starts as a gunslinger, like you know, pushing the ball right, down the field, whatever. Exactly. Ends as a game manager. Brady starts as a game manager, and he's ending. But he's that in, is the he's quarterback. He's the best ball of his career. The game management. Is, is the quarterback that the Broncos have had for a number of years, and they've yeah. done okay with that person. So now if you if if you do the Russell Wilson type, yeah. and you get him in the building, and you build around him, you grow with him, you, you lean on him for his leadership and his sort of like his ability to win games, boom, you're going to do – like your boom goes the dynamite. You're going to do better. You have to – like you have to do it. Have to. And their pieces are terrifying. As a Raiders fan, I'm I'm – terrified i'd be terrified of that entire division i feel like there's a chance kansas city is the worst record in the division this year i don't think you're crazy i mean no. i think you're crazy i just don't think you're absolutely Listen, crazy on this particular char- take let's say uh, uh, ch- all right chargers win broncos are the wild are one wild card maybe the raiders are second wild card and kansas city's watching on tv i could see that i because because let's say another wild card is either the dolphins I mean, or the bills the bills are going to win that just I'm like a little a high on the Raiders, little. but like there, there are three teams in that division that got better this offseason, and it's not and the Chiefs. No, it's not the Chiefs no. at all. And the Broncos knew it, and they locked it up, and it's going to be terrifying, I think, for the rest of the division to see this team that was a quarterback away that now has its quarterback. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Nicole Briscoe, Randy Scott uh, in for Canty and Carlin on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Save on commercial auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote at ProgressiveCommercial.com. I don't know how long we want to let this roll out. We're just going to trigger like so much of the go for a minute. So much of the Eastern Seaboard. Joining us now is NFL Eagles reporter Tim McManus. Talk some about some of the moves that the Eagles have made uh, in this last week. And, and Tim, listen, I think a lot of the league might be forgiven if they shudder every time they see Howie Roseman's name or cell phone number or whatever show up on their phone. Can you walk us through the machinations here of this deal that sent Jalen Rager to, to the to the Vikings? I, I can't believe the Eagles got anything, let alone what they did get for this first-round pick in 2020. I was a little surprised of what he got in return as well, uh, given the fact that Jalen Reger in his two years in Philadelphia, you know, underperformed for a first-round pick, no doubt about it. Uh, I guess the, the upside there is that he's still only 23 years old, obviously has a ton of ability 
And the Vikings, my understanding is that, you know, they liked him coming out as well. Now, obviously not as much as Justin Jefferson, and that's one of the major reasons why Jalen Rager caught so much heat here in Philadelphia is because he was the pick right before Justin Jefferson. Everybody was screaming, cake Justin Jefferson. The Eagles went in a different direction, and, and obviously so have their careers to, to this point. Uh, but there was, a, there was a decent amount of interest. There were a handful of teams that were checking in on Rager, uh, because of the ability that around the league they still feel that he has so, some of that untapped potential. And, uh, yeah, and Roseman was able to to maximize that. Okay, so there's also movement in Philadelphia because they got C.J. Gardner-Johnson for the Saints. So there's a lot of movement right at the last second. Like, how do you work a guy in that you just brought in the door after missing the entire preseason? What do you, what do, you do? I mean, it's a great question because – there's a lot of excitement in Philadelphia with Gardner Johnson coming to Philly. The Eagles are viewing that as an upgrade. And even uh, the projected starter, Anthony Harris, is, is remains on their practice squad. So it's not like they, they, they absolutely have built up the depth there. And they like the versatility that Gardner Johnson brings to the table. It's going to allow the defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, to work some disguises in pre-snap to confuse quarterbacks. They like all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but you know, they have him as a safety. And Gardner Johnson hasn't played safety really since when he was at Florida. And and now, at, you know, to your point, you know, there's only a, a week plus before they're playing meaningful games and Gardner Johnson is supposed to jump right in uh, to a new scheme and essentially a new position and thrive. That all seems a little bit far-fetched. So uh, to me, I think that there'll probably be some bumps as as he is getting acclimated and that's going to have to be in real time and meaningful games but I think this is probably more about the longer term right more about a, a team with very high aspirations feels like it has a lot of pieces in place including on the defensive side of the ball and once you know November turns to December turns to January and Gardner Johnson has his feet up under him then he'll prove to be an asset for the team so I think that's generally what the the thinking is but yeah, it's right to point out there's there's bound to be a learning curve for a guy who hasn't played safety in a while. We're talking with Tim McManus. He's our uh, ESPN NFL Eagles reporter. And, uh, Tim, listen, other side of the football, there are a lot of people who say, I don't care about your fantasy team. We care. We care about it. So I'm going to ask a fantasy draft-relevant question. Hold on. Time out. How many teams? Uh, for me this year, seven. Thank you. We've scaled it back to seven. But so far, three drafts. I got three shares of Miles Sanders, so I'm asking a selfish question here. Guy hasn't been on the practice field in a couple of weeks. He's dealing with a hamstring issue, but he's also dealing, if we're being honest, Tim, with some hurt feelings, right? Like, he wants a contract, and it seems like these two think, these two sides are at loggerheads. What can you tell us about physically his status, get back out on the field, but also a contract situation? All right, so you'll be happy to know that I was out of practice today, and Miles Sanders was out there. And he cool. was running the football, and he was catching the balls from, from Jalen Hurts. And that's the first time that he's been on the practice field since after the opener against the Jets, the preseason opener. So it's been two-plus weeks since uh, he hadn't practiced because of a hamstring injury. But this, obviously, him being back now, a sign that, that he's gearing up to play in that week one opener. You know, the big concern is consistency and injuries for Miles Sanders. Uh, he's, he's very gifted. And you get reminded of that, I think, every summer when you watch him run. You watch the way that he cuts. You watch the way that he explodes. It's different than every other running back on this roster. And you can't help yourself but to think, man, the breakout is coming. Uh, but, you know, the, the injuries have hampered him. And, and this is another where, you know, the city kind of panics for a couple of weeks because they see another one coming down the line. 
Uh, but the facts are these. He's in a contract year. He's running behind one of the best offensive fronts in football. And he's working alongside Jalen Hurts, who, because of his running ability, obviously is going to open some further space up for Miles Sanders, which is to say that all the pieces are in place for Miles Sanders to have a big year. This was the, uh, one of the top rushing teams in the NFL last year. Uh, so it's all there. It's just a matter of whether Sanders can put it together. But is he motivated? Heck yeah, he's motivated. Like, there's been multiple times where he's been kind of screaming over towards the media during portions of practices, like reacting to things that have been said and, and to be reported. He's mm. talked about this chip that he has on his shoulder. He doesn't have a contract beyond this season. So there's, there's a lot of extra motivation for a guy who has a ton of gifts but hasn't put it all together in the NFL yet. You're sort of in a, in a great spot because you have access to practice. You can see there what, what they're doing. You can see Jalen Hurts in action, which is something most of us can't unless we were there because he's had such limited playtime in the preseason. Looking at through your eyeballs, what do I need to know? How has he looked when you take the preseason as a whole? Improved. I, I think that you are going to see once the games are broadcast for everybody to see uh, the production of Jalen Hurts, you're going to see an, an improved quarterback. Uh, what the coaches have been really happy about is the fact that he is operating within the structure of the offense more. Uh, the ball is coming out quicker. Uh, he knows where he's going with it. And, you know, he brings this fact up quite a bit, but, you know, he hasn't had the same offensive coordinator or play caller in back-to-back -back seasons since his dad was his coach in high school. Uh, and now he's in Nick Sirianni's system for his second straight season. And that matters because he is, has command of, of the offense. And that means better and quicker decisions to go on, of course, everything that he can do running the football as well. And he's got A.J. Brown, his, his best friend, and also somebody who compliments him really well on the field because he operates over the middle, yards after the catch. You're going to see a lot of quick pops off of the RPO game. Over the middle, A.J. Brown gets it, takes off with it. Um, you know, so as it goes with Miles Sanders, so too it goes with Jalen Hurts. Like, he's got a lot of pieces to work with. He's got Dallas Goddard as his tight end. He's got Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. He's got a really good offensive line. And I've been encouraged by what I've seen out of, out of Jalen Hurts uh, this summer. He puts in a ton of work and, and really the benefits I think you're, you're starting to see in real time. He doesn't seem scared of the fact and sort of leaning into the fact that this is a prove-it season for him because of the offensive weaponry that he has to work with. That's Tim McManus, our ESPN NFL Eagles reporter. We appreciate the time, bud. Oh, anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, Tim's uh, – you know what, Tim's – if you're an Eagles fan or if you're worried just from a fantasy perspective about Miles Sanders, I'm on Tim's uh, uh, Twitter timeline right now, and he's got a lot of a lot of feel-good material. It's at Tim underscore McManus, and uh, he's he's got some videos of Miles Sanders just looking pretty spry for somebody dealing with a, uh, a hamstring issue. All right, we're far from done with football. We're going to go uh, to the college guys. We're going to look ahead to week one because that starts tonight. Week one is tonight with a rivalry – it, between West Virginia and Pitt that has a SoCal lean. We'll explain okay. that. Yeah, Nicole Briscoe, Randy Scott, and for the guys, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle 
and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yeah, you come back. Yep. Well, you come back with first class and, I mean, it leads us to our to our next guest. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And, Sirius XM Channel 80. She's Nicole Briscoe. Hi. I'm Randy Scott. Neither one of us is, is Canty nor Carlin, but ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Phone number is 888-SAY-ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. Week one of the college football season is now. It is tonight. There are notable games up and down the slate. Tonight's a backyard brawl. You got West Virginia and Pitt renewing pleasantries there. The the banks of the, is that the Allegheny? The Mahongahela, whatever. Who cares? They have a lot. They have three of them, <laughs> famously. Three rivers there uh, in Pittsburgh. And that has a SoCal lean to it that we'll get into with our guest that inspired the first class song. It's Heather Dinich, our ESPN college football senior writer. Hello, Heather. Guys, I was born just outside of Pittsburgh, and it's the Allegheny, the Monongahela, and the Ohio. And there yes. used to be a thing called Three River Stadium. Thank you. And yes. when they blew it, <laughs> when they blew it up, I woke up in my dorm room and I cried. But I may have been the only person on the planet who did that. You were still in college when they blew it up. I'm, I, we just, Let's not talk about we, that. No, we just had a reminder. <laughs> I'm so old. I was like, I remember when that was. I was working. That was probably in a newscast I did. Um, so of these games, okay, there's Ohio State and Notre Dame, and we'll get to that because I know you're plugged in uh, to that. Your timeline has been all about you know Ryan Day and Marcus Freeman and what they've said ahead of that matchup. Utah-Florida, sneaky good. Not a lot of people talking about that one. A lot of folks have Utah as a uh, potential uh, college football playoff team. Backyard brawl tonight, Oregon-Georgia. Which games are you, Heather, most looking forward to this weekend? Wow, all of those. I'm so excited. <laughs> I am going to Columbus tomorrow, so I am – praying to the football gods that that's a close game. I'm a little concerned that it might not be because Ohio State is so good offensively, so good, and Notre Dame is going to be without their leading receiver, Avery Davis, 
who was lost for the season with a torn ACL. But you mentioned that Florida-Utah game, and I love that game. And if all the other crazy coaching hires like Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly hadn't happened this offseason, I think Billy Napier would have gotten a lot more attention at Florida. That's such a solid, good hire. But Utah is the better team discipline, fundamentals. We saw what they're capable of, even though they lost to Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. And Kyle Whittingham is the veteran coach in this one. The question is, can they win on the road in the swap in week one? And I I don't know the answer to that. So that might be the one that I'm honestly the most curious about, because if Utah wins that, we're going to be able to at least extend the possibility that they can represent the Pac-12 and the CFP. It's hard to look at the schedule, and, and obviously you want to look at the Georgias and the Oregons, and uh, I, I personally, I'm looking forward to seeing what Clemson does after last year, which was sort of like slash rebuild, slash bounce back. But I'm also curious, I think one of the games that's sitting there for me is is Cincinnati and Arkansas, because it's not mm-hmm. often that a, a playoff team goes into the first game the next season as an underdog, which Arkansas sort of are go back Cincinnati is sort of riding on that line right there what should I reasonably expect from Cincinnati this season I I think that they're going to put together a great effort but if they don't win that Arkansas game we're not talking about them in the college football playoff I mean we saw last year that it takes absolute perfection and a win against what was last year, Notre Dame, this year it would be Arkansas to help carry them through in the eyes of the selection committee and boost an otherwise poor strength of schedule. So they have to win that game. But we were watching um, an NFL game and Ritter was playing pretty well. And I texted Fickle. I was like, you got to be proud of that guy. He's like, we look a little different right now. (laughs) So I think in addition to the pressure of being perfect, that's going to be a new look Cincinnati, but Sam Pittman at Arkansas has done an outstanding job. I love their quarterback, KJ Jefferson and his ability to run and make plays. And I think that he gives them a big edge in that game. So Cincinnati could knock themselves out this weekend. Is there anyone else on your radar who could just completely dismantle the season with a bad game or a loss this weekend? You know, I feel like unfortunately the unfair truth is that the group of five is probably the the one that can play itself out right away, um, at least with Cincinnati's hopes. I mean, um, if you look at Ohio State and Notre Dame, to me, it there's more pressure on Notre Dame because they don't have the conference championship game. And people have to remember that these selection committee members have protocol. And one of their protocol, their tiebreakers, is a conference championship. And Notre Dame doesn't have that. They know that the minute they lose a game, They've got to run the table because then they're going to be compared with one loss conference champions who have that edge in the tiebreaker scenario. And Notre Dame, if you look at ESPN's FPI, they're not given a more than 50% chance to beat Clemson. Clemson's favored in that game. But if they can beat Clemson and Clemson wins the ACC and they can beat USC and USC wins the Pac-12 and I'm wrong about Utah, <laughs> then Notre Dame might lose to Ohio State and still have wins against two Power Five conference champions. So I, I'm not going to predict that, but that's just one of those things where I put out there, hey, don't write them off entirely after week one because you never know what's going to happen. 
We're talking with Heather Dinich, our uh, ESPN college football senior writer. And whenever Nicole and I have talked to Heather, at least on SportsCenter, for me, it's been a lot of college football playoff talk. And wouldn't you know it, huh. Heather, there is a piece of yours of Pete Thamel uh, on the college football playoff board managers discussing momentum, quote unquote, towards expanding the playoffs. So the on again, off again, uh, you know, uh, will they, won't they, Ross and Rachel situation between this college they football playoff and break. not. They were on a break, by the way. But <laughs> but neither here nor there. Uh, and with man, if Heather watched Three Rivers implode in college, she might have been in like elementary school when Ross and Rachel were in, probably. <laughs> She might have. She might have been such a such a baby. Uh, but what's what more can you tell, Sarah? Because it sounds like you, like in the article you guys talk about how this vote will take place tomorrow. How's that vote going to go? Now hold on. We, they might vote tomorrow. That's very important. A they might vote. They oh, might no, I'm sorry. Vote. The virtual meeting is yep. tomorrow. How's that meeting play out? Yep. yep. You're right. You're right. The virtual meeting is tomorrow. It's the eleven presidents and chancellors who have the ultimate authority to change. The playoff. And this is kind of unusual because typically, guys, the commissioners would vote on and come up with a plan and then they would pass it to the presidents and they would vote on it. And it would kind of be like a rubber stamp. But it seems to me, and this is just my opinion, that the presidents are like, all right, we're sick of waiting for you guys. We're going to take this into our own hands. And if they do vote to expand it before the end of the contract, which expires after the 2025 season, it has to be unanimous. So number one, is there a vote? Two, can it be completely 100% unanimous? Because that's what would happen to change. And then three, if they do vote, what exactly are they voting on? Is it a 12-team playoff that happens as soon as 2024? Or does it start in 2026? Mm. Or is there 12 in 2024 and 25, and then they do something different in 26? No one I talked to, including decision makers at the highest level knew so it's kind of a wait and see at this point but the bottom line is these presidents can meet and make a historic decision for the future of the sports postseason i know that you don't know exactly what they're going to do heather but i mean we were having this conversation what back in, in january and february and there there seemed to be confidence then that this was going to happen so compared mm-hmm. to the first time around when there was confidence and nothing did happen what's sort of like the the feel now? Things have changed. It's fair to say that there is more positivity and unanimity in terms of everyone wanting to expand the playoff. The question is when. And just for background for people who are listening, in February, it was an 8-3 to three vote in favor of it. But again, it had to be unanimous. And the ACC the Pac-12 and the Big Ten at that time voted against it for various reasons, one of which was George Klyovkov and the Pac-12 could not get an answer on what the revenue distribution would be like. Um, Jim Phillips in the ACC wanted a 365-day review of the college football calendar, which they have done to a great extent and feel good about at this point. Um, The commissioners are also looking at what's happened with realignment. That's changed. The Big Ten's TV deal is done, has been announced, there's expansion coming with USD and UCLA. So the entire picture has changed, and all three of those commissioners who voted against it in February have said publicly we're interested in playoff expansion. So do their presidents vote that way if that's what happens tomorrow? Quick trip down memory lane before we let Heather Dinich go on with her day. Today is the 15-year anniversary, so September 1st, 2007, of the App State upset 
over Michigan at the big house. Do you remember where you were and what you were doing? Oh, man. It was I, – I was – say, what year was it again? Oh, seven. So if you say first grade, I'm going to scream. <laughs> no, actually um, – so now this makes me feel really old. Uh, my first season working at ESPN was 2007. And nice. so I, my very first assignment was covering Lloyd Carr's last home game at Michigan. Um, I feel like I might have been home watching it or I was covering the ACC. It's sad that I don't remember that. But okay. I, I mean, I remember the game, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but I no, don't no. remember exactly where I was. I was, at a lo- I was at a local affiliate in Fort Myers, and the kid who blocked the field goal, the last second field goal, Corey Lynch, mm-hmm. was from mm-hmm. the Southwest Florida area. So we did the extreme local news thing, which was get to his house, talk to his parents, stake it out, all that stuff. On the front porch. (laughs) Yeah, just wait for the family to get home from uh, from Ann Arbor. So uh, very cool. Hey, Heather, thank you so much for the time. Enjoy the games tonight, and it won't be the last time we talk to you, all right? All right, guys. Thank you so much. See, I can't remember where I was that day. But the next day I was on a plane uh-huh. with a guy who'd been at the game, and he was head-to-toe App State gear. He'd also been perhaps overserved the day before, and he was unwell. In the best possible way, but he was unwell. It could have been worse. It could have been a Michigan fan. He was like, it was totally worth it. Unwell. I regret nothing. Uh, all right, we have some massive breaking news in the NBA. Oh, my God. A seriously. Tr- a trade that, that we knew would happen, just not where this player would go. Donovan Mitchell has a new home. We'll tell you where. You won't believe it. It's Nicole Briscoe, Randy Scott, and for the guys, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. So the Backyard Brawl uh, is back tonight. And it's not just back in terms of like, hey, college football's back and it's week one. And oh my goodness. Uh, it's back because the, the rivalry was gone. It was gone for, mm-hmm. what, a decade? It was gone for a, for a good while. Like, Time this is thing a flat that, circle. It could have been yesterday and felt like a decade. It could have been a decade ago and maybe it was yesterday. It's it's two teams that growing up where I did, like anytime Virginia Tech was good, mm-hmm. you didn't want to see them play. And it was like Mike, I'm thinking like the Mike Vick years or Marcus, I guess for that matter. But like if they ever had to play Pitt or West Virginia, it's where winning teams would go to just get tripped up. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was like a November game or a, even an early uh Early December, just late October, it was always like a dangerous place to play. And these two teams, I mean, when they locked up, it was burning couches. If you're West Virginia, you know, I'm, I'm sure Pitt had like its own that traditions. It's this early in the season, I don't see. I don't either. Starting I like the, the drama rivalry. to build. I like the like yeah. the the stakes to be higher. I don't want someone's season to implode week one. I well, I don't mind. Listen, I mean that's that is what makes college football so special. Is like you have to win all the games. But you're right from a rivalry thing. By rule, someone can't win. No rivalry games should be around Thanksgiving. That's yes. when they should be. You know, it's I agree. when people are home or I. You know, maybe homecoming. I don't know, but it's more of a high school thing, I guess. Um, but tonight it has a, it has a, like a like a USC slant. Like the quarterbacks in this are Keaton Slovis and JT Daniels. And they play in now, like obviously Morgantown and, and Pittsburgh. But in 2019, they were in the same USC quarterback room. Yes, in LA, probably yes. living the life. 
just palm trees, you know? Palm trees, warm weather. Rich donors. There's like a beach around every corner. It's the Regal Beagle and in Santa how, Monica. How do you describe it now? USC? No, a little different. Oh, no, now? No, no beach in Pittsburgh no, on the Mongahela, Allegheny, Ohio. So they got us thinking, though, college football rivalry game that you want to see come back. See, and that's where I was like, I, I don't really, there's maybe Michigan, Notre Dame, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's a great one. Which I realized I that they, lo- they didn't play, they, they played each other not that long ago. Not that, but it's it's now, it's not, uh, it's a, uh, now it's um, Brittany Murphy and uh, in uh, Clueless. It's uh, sporadically. Exactly. It's not an so annual it's thing. It's not an annual thing. So it's like not. maybe that, I just don't want it's them not. to go away. With I don't want, all well, the realignments happening, let's keep the traditions alive. Yeah, Texas and Texas A&M is away right now, maybe that you know, returns once Texas gets in the SEC fold, but that's one that I would like to see stay. But also protect Notre Dame Navy at all costs. I love it. I love yes. it. It's, it's not a rivalry because Notre Dame's been so good so historically, but I love seeing those two lock up. More Canty and Carlin right now. That's strong to quite strong. It's a heck of a rejoin. Nicole Briscoe, Randy Scott in for Canty and Carlin on Canty and Carlin. On ESPN Radio and the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80 in your smart speaker. Uh, she is at RB underscore Mrs. MRS on the Twitter. I'm at Randy Scott ESPN on, on Twitter. Say ESPN. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. We have a trade. We have a trade in the NBA. Donovan Mitchell has been the subject of trade rumors. But the, and the Knicks wanted him so badly, right? He was going to uh, go to the Knicks. Right. And it was just a matter of like how Danny Ainge was going to fleece the Knicks. Right, the president of basketball ops out there in in uh, in Utah. Instead, Utah is trading Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland, to Cleveland, Cleveland. and they are getting a haul in return. Laurie Markkinen, Ochero Baji, uh, Colin Sexton is in this deal. Three unprotected first rounders and two pick swaps. That's according to the man, the myth, the legend, Adrian Wojnarowski. My mind is a little blown. Like we all a little, a little. Okay. There's not much to blow anymore. So, like, I just feel like we knew it was coming. And we knew what the Gobert trade was worth. Like, basically, yeah. all of France. <laughs> and now this. All of France. And yes, Cleveland had to give up uh-huh. a lot. But they didn't give up some of the most important pieces. Well, they weren't going to. Okay. Like, hold on, hold on. All right, go on. I'm just really intrigued by what that roster is going to look like and how good they can be. I Okay, so you lose, like, statistically, there is a decent amount of scoring that is leaving. Markkinen, Sexton, Obagi, okay, but, I mean, we, we don't know what Obagi is yet, but on a professional level. But Markkinen and Sexton, that is a decent mm-hmm. scoring hole they have to fill. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell fills that. Mm-hmm. But if you're Mitchell... Are you? What are you feeling right now? Like, are, what? What are you? Okay, you. What's Karis Levert's situation? Well, I have no idea. Health wise, what about Darius Garland? Yeah, Darius Garland Still is there. Yeah, it's that's what I'm saying. If you go, is there enough basketball to keep Donovan I like, Mitchell I like, happy? I like Jared Allen. Yes, yes, but but yes, there is. Is there? Yes. Winning didn't seem to make it. Like there were issues in Utah. And Rudy Gobert leaving, it sounds like, did not remedy those issues. But there were issues in Utah before the Rudy Gobert situation. I mean, think about it. When they got rid of Quinn Snyder or Quinn Snyder decided to step away, mm-hmm. 
Rudy Gobert, or sorry, Donovan Mitchell came out almost immediately and was like, I'm unsure of what my future looks like in Utah. And it was part of the Quinn Snyder conversation. It had nothing to do, at least in that part, yeah. about Rudy Gobert. And yes, there have been issues since COVID. Sure. But, <laughs> sure. Yes, but I have. I don't know. Uh-huh. Like, Utah to Cleveland's not, feels like a lateral move in terms of places to live. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know who that's more insulting to, but no, that is not, that is, could not be, what? Send all hate mail to, to at Randy Scott. At RB underscore Mrs. You just Thank equated, you. okay, listen. Wow. Well, you can drink in Cleveland. You can drink in Utah if you're sitting down and eating a sandwich. That's the rule, I think, isn't it? I don't know. Do you notice that that was the first place I went to? We can put it out, you can drink, yeah. Cleveland's better because you can We're going to keep Cleveland. it here and break down this trade. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio.